sure hope that everyone can hear this audio. Uh, I also have the recording going. That way I can upload this to uh, Spotify and all the good stuff. You'll have to excuse the microphone right in front of my face because I am really bad at video. I don't know anything about it. So um, I just kind of have the camera, the microphone in between me and the camera, which might mess things up a little bit. Uh, you can't see it, but I do have my Bible in front of me because that's important for these live streams. But today, I just wanted to share some thoughts about things that are happening uh, in our church revolving around the Holy Spirit. There's some great things that are just lining up, and that's how you know God's really moving because things, a lot of coincidences happen, stuff that we don't plan lines up with itself because we're all as a staff team at our church aligning our will with God and and seeking him. So uh this thing that's going on is we're all going through Acts chapter 2 at the same time and it's it's really fun coincidence because our life groups um or one of our life groups that we're recently launching is going through the book of Acts and they read Acts 1 and 2 this week. Then uh I get contacted by our head pastor to ask me to uh, help with a little panel discussion we're doing on Sunday morning about the Holy Spirit because he's preaching through Acts chapter 2. So it all just kind of has lined up perfectly out of nowhere. Pretty fun uh, how God works things out like that. Um, and so it's it's on the top of my heart, not to mention um, in my master's program, the schooling that I just went through this first term of my master's program um, really was all about Acts chapter 2 and all the other chapters as well. <laughs> I guess I not just Acts chapter 2, but the book of Acts, you know, we taught through it. Craig Keener, who's a really well-known uh, theologian, actually his textbook that we read in that class is boosting up the camera right now. The camera's sitting on that book. Um, but he, he wrote a 4,000-page commentary on the book of acts luckily we got the abridged version so it was only a thousand pages but you know just so much knowledge and with wisdom about holy spirit comes from the book of acts so uh to start things off i'll say thank you for listening to this you know it's live you can follow our instagram at salem first young adults in order to see the announcement when we're going to go live and then if you aren't able to listen live we also upload the audio as a podcast for people to listen to later. And uh, I've been praying that God would just use this time as a uh, laid-back conversational teaching in order for us to have a mid-month touch point between first Mondays. So if you want to join us in person every first Monday here at the church, we do a young adult service with teaching, worship, some games. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then throughout the month, we do other random events you know, this summer, we're going to do a hike, we're going to do a service project, and we're going to do First Mondays all through the uh, summer there until we get to August 27th. And this is the first I've announced this, but we have a really big event coming up on the 27th of August. And so we're super excited about that. Mark your calendar. It's going to be at Riverfront Park. Big deal. Big thing that we're putting together there with lots of different young adult groups in the area invited. Um but anyway, right now, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. So my 
life, personal life mission statement that I've adopted is to bring Jesus to the world and to bring the Holy Spirit to the church. Because when you get saved, when anyone gets saved and, and believes for the first time that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and invites him into their heart, what they're inviting into their heart is the Holy Spirit. Um, you have the Holy Spirit, but not all Christians live a life where they are tapping into that filling of the Holy Spirit, where they are asking for more of the Holy Spirit, where they're allowing him to f- to empower them for ministry. Um, and so that's why I feel like it's very important as a pastor, as someone whose job it is to raise up uh, believers, is to talk about the Holy Spirit every chance I get. Um, it's something that the enemy wants to suppress, that he wants to make uh, hide. He wants it to to be stigmatized, um, you know, there's some key thoughts and truths about the Holy Spirit that are not discussed in every church uh, like they should be that will open up the door to true freedom and to living a powerful relationship with God. Um, it took me, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm a young adult, but uh, I grew up in the church, so there's, you know, 20 years of my life growing up learning about God until I was in my early 20s that uh, the understanding of the Holy Spirit and uh, the Holy Spirit's role in my life and ministry really engaged and clicked. Um, And I think I'm going to share a little bit of that testimony today, but first I'm going to read out of the New International Version, uh, Acts chapter 2, just the first part there. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Oh man, lots of other places that are I don't want to mess up the pronunciation on. Visitors from Rome, uh, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Uh, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So we, as God's people, didn't always have this relationship with the Holy Spirit that we have now. Um, And that's true. It's kind of like the that's the big picture of the story of the Holy Spirit and God's church to... We see that reflection in every believer's life. They have a moment where whether you're born in the church or whether you become a Christian later, um, the Holy Spirit is there. You understand that the Holy Spirit exists. Um, The Holy Spirit even works through you. But it's not until you mature in your faith, uh, a lot of people call this process sanctification, that you begin to reach this new level with the Holy Spirit. Um, other traditions will call it a spirit baptism, where you are empowered for ministry, 
for the ministry of creating new believers. You uh, see signs and wonders. You have a strong new connection with God. Here's one of the first things that's really important to understand when talking about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit isn't just an idea or isn't just an ethereal concept, isn't just uh, the essence of God. The Holy Spirit is God. In fact, uh, when we say Holy Spirit, it's one of the greatest names we can give God because God is holy. God is, that's how God describes himself. That's how God wants to be described as holy and spirit. So we have this Holy Spirit idea that's way more than just an idea. And that's the, that's the part that causes the transition into a real uh, Holy Spirit-filled life is when you realize the Holy Spirit isn't just an idea or something that sounds good, but the Holy Spirit is a true person of the Trinity, a, a full God is the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's hard for people to grasp uh, because it's not exactly spoken of that way very clearly in a lot of churches. Um, so I grew up in a Nazarene church, which didn't really operate as a Nazarene church. The Nazarenes generally are open and seeking and excited about the Holy Spirit and the things of the Holy Spirit. Um, but the church that I grew up in didn't talk about the Holy Spirit that much. Uh, you know, in youth there was some things, but it wasn't an emphasis of the church to seek and teach about the Holy Spirit. Um, so it wasn't until I started going to school for ministry that they began teaching me about the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is God. Um, before that, like I said, I would have described the Holy Spirit as like an energy, you know, um, which isn't far. It's not an inappropriate way to describe uh, our feeling of the Holy Spirit as like an energy, but it is inappropriate to say that that's the extent of the Holy Spirit. Um, when we see the Holy Spirit as person, we realize that the presence of God is a miracle all in itself. So the presence of someone or something isn't just the idea or the essence of that person. When we say God is present in an area or in our lives or, or in a ministry setting, we literally mean the presence of God. God is present. The holy God, Yahweh, is there present physically, spiritually, as the Holy Spirit there. Um, and that is a very, very important concept to keep in mind. When talking about the Holy Spirit and talking about the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, we're saying that our bodies are the new temple. It used to be that the Holy Spirit was on people. Like we read in the book of Judges, it taught it specifically names how each of the judges had the Holy Spirit on them to empower them for their position as a judge and to lead Israel into military victory. Um, and then it's not until the New Testament when we begin to see this shift, this change where the Holy Spirit is in us. And that's how we begin to talk about it as Christians. And that is because it was better for Jesus to leave than it was for him to stay. That's Jesus' own words. It was better for us that Christ left than if he were to stay. That's his own words because Jesus knew that he was going to give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the the continued presence of God in our world after Jesus ascended 
to go be in heaven, to go be with the Father. The heaven's the word we use to describe this heavenly realm where uh, the, all the spiritual beings exist, right? So we look at what that means when the when Jesus died on the cross when he was crucified, and we read about the veil being torn. That signified the separation between God and man was no more. That we didn't have to do all these laws, all these all these rules to follow in order to make ourselves spiritually clean in order to be in the presence of God. The veil was torn. Jesus Christ's sacrifice fulfilled all the law and allowed us to have that physical, uh, or I'm sorry, that, that personal relationship with God. So then we get to Pentecost here in Acts chapter 2. And that's what tells the story of when the church first received the Holy Spirit, when, it, when he was first gifted to us. And it's right in the beginning. After Jesus' ascension, uh, the people of God, the the church, the church uh, prayed, and they got together in the upper room. And there was a good number of people involved in that uh, prayer and just seeking. And in that time, they were waiting. They were they were wondering what what next, God? What now? What now? Um, and so they got the promised Holy Spirit through that. It came came in the sign of speaking in tongues for them in that first situation. When the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, they spoke. Now there's two um, thoughts on this passage. Some say that it was uh, a missional tongue in the sense that they were speaking, each person was preaching and speaking in a different language of the home tongue of the person who was listening so that they could understand. Others say that it was um, a spiritual tongue that they were only speaking one language but it wasn't their language and it wasn't the language of the other people but they understood as if it was their own language so that's how you get the two different ideas and the way that paul talks about speaking in tongues is um he talks about missional tongues like what we see here whether or not it is the native tongue of the person you're talking to or it is a spiritual tongue that they understand through a miracle of the holy spirit or um, he also talks about a personal prayer language that he prays to God in this tongue that is not of the earth, and it's only between him and God. And the only time that that tongue is spoken out is if there's inter interpretation, and it's a pro prophetic moment. Um, so I'm getting ahead of myself here, though. All this stuff I would have never, ever talked about, and I would have been very uncomfortable about maybe five years ago. Um, it wasn't until I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit that I really grasped onto this. So in our life group that I mentioned where we were talking about Acts chapter 2, um, there was a moment where someone asked a question that caused me to go on a soapbox on accident, a little bit of a mini message, but uh, the people there received it. They're very encouraged by it. So I thought it'd be appropriate to share it now on this is just my testimony of the Holy Spirit and how, like I mentioned, I grew up in a church that didn't really prioritize, certainly uh, not the signs and the activity of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we'd go on missions trips and we'd hear of people being healed, um, but absolutely speaking in tongues was looked down upon. Um, and, you know, it you had to be very cautious when you prayed for healing and how you spoke of prophecy and prophetic words and all those gifts of the Holy Spirit that we see that are for edifying the body and raising up faith for new believers. Um, so we look at that kind of situation I grew up in, 
Um, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. I was very uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit because that's how I was raised and taught. Um, and maybe people from more Reformed traditions, Baptist maybe, uh, would kind of relate to that, you know, that feeling of, well, you got to be very careful when talking and dealing with the Holy Spirit and things of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's that's not the Holy Spirit's fault. Um, weird people do weird things. And so when you get a bunch of weird people together and they begin to do weird things, it causes uh, the Holy Spirit to get a bad name. You know, um, I'm not going to name any specific churches or groups, but there's plenty that people cite all the time as, as being lunatics, being crazy, taking... Uh, the Holy Spirit wrong, you know, and, and oftentimes tongues is the number one source of upset from people who believe that. So that's where I was. And then I started going to school for ministry and they, they began teaching me of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is vital to our ministry and to our connection with God. We can't have a relationship with God without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. And that's why seeking Him and seeking the things of the Holy Spirit is important to our lives and our life ministries. So um, I opened up my heart to the things of the Holy Spirit and I began praying for those things. Um, but it wasn't until the last week of youth group that we had before COVID hit. I... Um, I was a youth pastor at the time in McMinnville and we had a student who had injured his back and he broke his back and he was, you know, to save some time, I'll just say they had to hang a hammock in his room cause he couldn't sleep on a normal bed. He was constantly in pain 24 hours of the day. Uh, he had to leave school and become homeschooled in order to continue his education cause he could not sit in the chairs at school he just had all these things. His life was just thrown into limbo. He uh, loved baseball and sports, but he injured himself playing baseball, and obviously you can't play baseball with a broken back. So he was out um, for his junior and senior year of of school. He couldn't play sports, and it was just very devastating for him and for the family. Um, they had been praying for him, taking him for prayer. We all had prayed for him so many times, but God knew that there was the right moment to heal him. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say his name live. Uh, there was a right moment to heal him. Um, and that moment was in our youth group, in the last youth group meeting before COVID, that we didn't know it was going to be our last meeting. We just were doing youth group. And we I was doing a sermon series on the Holy Spirit and talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So <coughs> it was only right to uh, pray for the Holy Spirit and to pray for... God to empower each of those people there on their own personal life ministry, that, that connection with the Holy Spirit that we all need. So um, the, the person who hurt their back, who I already said their name, they were playing guitar for us, and they had to like lean back in a chair and kind of twist their body because their back hurt, but they were still singing the worship songs and, and playing the guitar for us, and so they couldn't be a part of that prayer time. So Megan and I decided to take him into my office and pray for him afterward because it was just too noisy. All the students were talking and hanging out and laughing and playing ping pong. So we took him into our office. We started praying, and 
the Holy Spirit filled that place in a way like never before and filled our hearts in a way like never before. I began praying in a way that I had not prayed before. I was not prayed to pray taught. I was not taught to pray this way. Instead of like how I was taught saying things like, oh God, if it's in your will, would you please maybe, you know, help feel better? I said his name again. Oh, well. <clears throat> no, instead, um, I started commanding that his back would be better. And, and that's not something from my context or culture at all. I did not understand what I was doing or what that meant. As Megan and I are praying and having our hands on his back, I begin to feel him straightening out. If I straighten out, I'm going to be too far from the mic. Like this. He got straighter and straighter. Like, and he hadn't been straight in a long time. And Megan said she felt his bones popping as he straightened his back. And then he says, guys, I think I got healed. And Megan and I just looked at each other and looked back at him. And we just couldn't believe it. As we're praying for him, as we, we prayed things like, in the authoritative name of Jesus, let his back go straight. And it went straight. And he takes off his back brace and he mic dropped it, you know, and we called the students in and everyone was crying and giving glory to God. And the pastor of the church was there, who's his father. And, you know, it was an amazing moment where the Holy Spirit acted on a night at youth group when we were talking about the Holy Spirit. So all those students were, they had heard what the Holy Spirit could do and who the Holy Spirit is and how important, how we cannot have a relationship with God without the Holy Spirit because that's how our relationship with God works. The Bible says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit when we are saved for eternity. So that's our mark for eternity, right? If we think of, you know, people talk about the mark of the beast as like, you're going to get the mark and then you're doomed for hell. Well, we have the mark of the Spirit. That's, that's what we have, the mark of the Spirit marking us for eternity with God, for the resurrection in the new heaven and the new earth. So the students heard all this, but obviously they were going to be a little timid about it. They they didn't ever experience healing before or anything of the Holy Spirit, or they, they maybe thought like, well, okay, I have the Holy Spirit when I'm saved, but like, I don't, it's just, you know, he's just there. And then I live my life. Um, but what happened that night was a testament to God's power and how for two years his back was broken and injured. And then the night that we talk about the Holy Spirit and youth group, he comes and he heals Christian's back. And it, I keep saying his name. Oh, well, it was an amazing monumental moment that really affected the trajectory of my walk with God. And I know the students walks with God and hopefully anyone who hears this testimony will open up their heart to the power, begin praying for the Holy Spirit and seeking him in a mighty and powerful way, boldly. You know, we, we read Jesus's prayer when he taught the church to pray, um, taught the disciples to pray. In our English, we read it as, oh, your will be done, you know, and your kingdom come. But what does that really mean? Well, we don't need to pretend that we don't know the will of God. Sure, we don't know the full will of God. We we know the nature of God, though. We know that it wasn't God's will for sin to enter the earth. 
but he gave us free will, which allowed sin to enter the earth, right? And so that's why God's will is for healing. Ultimately, we see the promise in Revelation. We see God's will there where there's the new heaven and the new earth and he has the victory. When a healing happens now, it is a, a almost like time travel. It is a glimpse of that future reality when we're all resurrected in new bodies and there's no more suffering, no more pain, no more sickness, no more injury, no more cancer, none of that. We're seeing a f- glimpse of the future reality and it bolsters our faith for that. That's why the Holy Spirit works that way. That's why these things happen. If we were to read the the correct sentence structure of the Lord's Prayer is come your kingdom, be done your will, a command, not a plead, but a command. Um, so keep that in mind. I know it's very scary and bold to say, but we need to be bold. Um, that's what the Holy Spirit emboldens us in our ministry and in our prayers and in our personal relationship with God and in our Bible study and in our relationships and in every way we can't succeed without the Holy Spirit. So that's why we seek the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. That's why my personal life mission statement is to bring the Spirit to the church because there's so many Christians who are living without seeking strongly the Holy Spirit. When you have a hunger for God, when you seek after God, you're going to get it right. So have that hunger for God. Seek after him. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you in a new way, in a refreshing way, and to use you for his ministry on this earth. It says that every house is built by God, but God is the builder of all. Every house is built by God, but God is the builder of all. God is going to use you for his purpose, for building his church, for, here's the thing, the Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is the proof that Jesus's ministry did not end when he ascended. I just learned that recently in one of my classes, and I th- I thought it was just brilliant and so true that the Holy Spirit is what empowers us to continue on Christ's message, mes- mission, message, sure, mission. That is why we are here on this earth, is to carry out Christ's mission to love God and love others, right? And what does that really mean to love others? Well, if we know that there's so many people hellbound, right? That's kind of edgy to say nowadays, but it's true. If someone is not saved, we know that they are not on the path for eternity with God. And it is our job to share that message with as many people as possible. And we can only do that with the connection with the Holy Spirit. So to conclude all of this, you know, what what brought me to this place where I am with God, where I'm passionate about God and I, I love God deeply and I want to honor him with my life and I want and and I have the the boldness to pray for people is having that hunger for him. So if we know that the Holy Spirit is God and Jesus said it was better for me to leave because you will get the Holy Spirit. So we know that we have the presence of God within us. We have this mission. There's nothing else to do except for live out our mission with God in our own context. So at work, make sure that you're talking to your coworkers. Uh, make sure you're not the pessimistic negative Nancy. That can only happen if the Holy Spirit changes our identity and makes us into people 
of God makes us into his church and who he wants his church to be. That comes from yielding to the Holy Spirit in our lives. So hopefully, um, we're going to talk a lot more. There's just so much to talk about in the realm of the Holy Spirit that we can't, because it's God. There's so much to talk about God that you can't do it all in 30 minutes. Um, So we're going to continue Continue on with these live streams. Once again, I want to invite you to our Monday night groups. If you are in the area local to Salem or the surrounding cities, come on down first Mondays to hear some sermons and and get to pray and talk about these things with each other. Uh, Right now we're going through the book of 1 Peter, and it's just got a really lot of great stuff in there. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to end it. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that even though mankind is separated by you, there's this wall called sin, unholiness, God, that that would keep us from you, Lord. You allowed yourself to be killed on the cross for our sins, crucified in our place, and made a way for the connection with you. That isn't just lip service. It isn't just an idea of the connection to you or a relationship like we have with a friend. It's so much more than that, that we are filled with your holy presence and your Holy Spirit is in our lives. So please, God, empower us with the Holy Spirit to live holy lives. I pray that you would give us all the desire to reject sin and that your Holy Spirit would give us the power to resist temptation Lord, and I pray that you would empower us in the mission that you have us on, on Christ's mission, Lord. So thank you for everything that you're doing in our church and in our world, and we pray that you would use us in your mission, God. In your name I pray, amen. All right, thanks for listening. Like I said, every once in a while we'll go live, and you can listen to it afterward on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, see you later.